as a teacher, it's really important to keep your nutrition on point, nutrient dense foods. So then you have the mental clarity and also just the resources on board to deal with the stress that's, that's inevitably going to come in front of you. Welcome to the Inspiring Teacher Podcast, the show that empowers educators to make a positive impact in the lives of their students and the education community. Whether you're a beginning teacher seeking guidance, a seasoned educator looking to excel further in your career, or anyone interested in the world of education, this podcast is for you. Get ready to dive into the world of inspiration with practical tips and meaningful conversations. Each episode is designed to provide you with valuable insights and actionable strategies that you can implement straight away. I'm your host, Jason Marshall, a passionate educator dedicated to supporting teachers in reaching their full potential. Join me as I bring in renowned experts, experienced educators, and thoughtful leaders to share their wisdom, experiences, and innovative approaches to education. Welcome back to the Inspiring Teacher Podcast. Today, we've got an awesome, awesome legend on board. He's gone from an exercise science degree into holistic coaching and holistic exercise coaching and started his own business called Horizons of Health. So please welcome to the podcast, Scott McGee. Hello. Thank you for having me on, Jason. No, thank you. Thank you. What I want to know is really how did you go from exercise science and then you worked at a Cairo for what, two years almost? Yeah. And then yep. starting your own business. Can you t- sort of tell your own story there and how that happened? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, as you said, I went through the exercise science degree. I was looking to go into physiotherapy and I was still pretty young. I went straight from school into that degree and I was just kind of finding what I am interested in. And at the time I was interested in exercise and health but I didn't really know much about it to be honest so Mm. yeah I completed the degree I did a bit of work experience as a physio and at the time I was like "Mm, not sure something didn't feel quite right I needed some time to really sit with myself and understand what I really want to go into I just put things on pause and at that time as well I was undergoing some chronic health issues so on a health perspective I was struggling to sleep I was having pretty bad anxiety to the point where I was kind of just scraping it day by day and things just were getting worse and and I couldn't really figure it out I was also having some hip pain and knee pain and at the time I was training pretty hard at the gym so yeah it took me a bit of time again from the gym I had to step back from that I was pushing weights I was getting into like a powerlifting sort of routine and really trying to prove to myself that I was strong and, and fit. But, but something inside, you know, I, I wasn't really prepared for what I was doing. So I, I come across a man called Paul Check, who was, for me at the time, I was like, oh, he's a bit out there. He's a bit different. He's, mm-hmm. he's explaining how health is related to exercise and, and recovery and uh, coming up with concepts that, I've never heard of such as working in against working out, how to manage our energy and, and diet and nutrition. So he caught my attention and I pretty much just kept listening to his audios and his YouTube videos. And I was like, okay, man, this guy's onto something. So I still was, I went actually to study a bit of mathematics because maths is my other sort of passion that I'm still just dabbling in but um yeah i studied mathematics and i was just studying his work on the side 
And then I just kept continuing. I was like, man, like, I want to do his proper courses. So I went to do those courses while I was at the time, I got a new job at the chiropractic clinic um, mm-hmm. as his uh, assistant. And I was learning a lot there about rehab, pain and just people and, you know, why we're getting into pain and what's causing this. And it was kind of just a exploration. Eventually I was taking clients out of the Cairo, just really teaching them how to move and look after themselves. Cause I saw this gap. I saw this gap where people were getting treated, but just, just sent on their way with not much understanding of why they were in the problem, you know, having the problems in the first place. Mm, it'd be like a bandaid effect. Yeah. Yeah. To a level. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, and, I just really had this passion. I was like, you know, these people need to really understand how to look after themselves. Otherwise, they're just going to be in this cycle. Yeah. So, yeah, continued my study, saw a few clients there, and then I just knew it was time to let my own Band-Aid off and go full full pelt into my own business. And I found a beautiful space to take clients out in Rundle, where I pretty much have a lot of equipment and my own space there and uh, assessment table. So. Yeah, I did that June last year. I went on my own just before a baby was due as well, my family. Mm. So a bit mm-hmm. of an interesting time, but yeah, I just knew it was right. So yeah, and I've never looked back. I really, I really enjoy looking after clients and getting really personal with people and mm. taking a lot of time to understand why they're in the problem, you, know, you know, why they're in the predicament that they're in and, and how we can go to a place of health and less pain and more energy. Yeah, yeah, amazing. So you mainly work with corrective exercises. Can you explain what a corrective exercise is and what the difference between that and, say, working out at the gym is? Yeah, so any exercise can be corrective, but a corrective exercise is where it is, A, correcting your posture to a more beneficial profile. So a lot of people aren't aware of how their posture is so then we just go to the gym and every exercise is actually changing our posture so if we're Mm. doing something working at chest we're actually you know creating this sort of posture a little bit maybe the shoulders are rounding forward really a corrective exercise is something where we're creating benefit and then we're creating the posture that we want and but more than that when we create the posture we are also getting rid of pain because often pain sits where tissues are chronically sort of um, pulled in a wrong position. So we, we work to maybe release those tissues and then create an exercise that brings the posture back to where it is. Often these exercises, especially at the beginning of a rehab journey, are what we call long time under tension. So I'll have a client sitting in a position for maybe two, three, five minutes because that's working more the muscle fibers to create a healthy posture. And mm. my philosophy was really about how can I make exercise and movement a medicine rather than a detriment? How can I make exercise beneficial to my energy and my health? How can I make it beneficial for my body so it doesn't have pain and, and all these different syndromes that seem to come up? And how can I use it so that, you know, it's, it's creating longevity and building up in a healthy way to a higher level of performance? 
Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You mentioned just before about using your body to create energy. As teachers, a lot of us are drained of energy. What is something simple that we could do as teachers to increase our energy when using our body? Yep. As a teacher, I would try and find times during the day where you have maybe a gap, whether that's a lunch break or before before the school starts or maybe just when it ends, to do some breathing exercises. So I actually really love Qigong. Qigong is about energy cultivation. So we may come down, breathe out, and then we breathe in as we come back up. And it's a bit hard to explain over the camera, but when we do these lighter exercises where our, our breathing is coupled with it, we're bringing in a lot of oxygen, creating a lot of blood flow. We're still pumping the body. So then that creates a lot of energy. Essentially, the idea is we're bringing more energy in than we're expending through the movement. So then you have a surplus of energy. Whereas when we work out, the idea of working out is working more energy out of the system. So then you'll feel more depleted. So you need a recovery period to then get stronger. Mm. Nothing, you know, nothing wrong with that. That's, that's really good. But as a teacher who wants to just get a bit more energy, I really recommend doing more working in exercises to restore energy and also the sort of postural exercises that I do where, you know, it can be a bit more challenging, but you're still, you're not going to be exerted. You're not going to have too much muscle soreness and you won't need a recovery period. Mm, Yeah. So you talked about their posture exercises. As a teacher, you know, we're standing in front of a classroom. Mm. What would be the best way to stand, you know, just in front of the classroom or even sitting at, at a desk? What would be the best way for teachers to do that? I really recommend standing, of course, it sounds uh, obvious, but standing up straight and and Mm -hmm. holding your energy strong. I think that's going to have a really beneficial effect on your level of sort of power as a teacher. Just lifting our chest and and standing with that sort of pride within ourselves, which is then going to reflect into the classroom. As when we sit, I actually would recommend, if it's possible, to bring a Swiss ball into the classroom to sit on the ball and I think that's the way that a lot of workplaces should go anyway because a Swiss ball is going to put the back into a lot healthier position you still have to put some effort into um, holding yourself up right we don't have a backrest in a Swiss ball mm-hmm. so yeah I think a Swiss ball would be great as well just combining those two would really make a big impact yeah I love that I was actually working in an office yesterday presenting on time management and stress management. And about 50% of these workers were all sitting on Swiss balls. So that sort of makes sense now. I sort of understand why they were doing that. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's really awesome. Now, nutrition is also a big part of your life and you explain this all all in your coaching as well. Why is nutrition such a big part of your lifestyle? Nutrition for me was a huge turning point when I started to regain my health because, you know, it's one of our primary sources of bringing energy into the body as well. Mm-hmm. I like to say that all food is either it's either detrimental and, and actually taking energy out of your body because it may be you know tough to digest or maybe you're not tolerating it very well or maybe it's just toxic food that and you feel that sort of drained energy after you eat it. Whereas a really mm-hmm. healthy nourishing meal, you're actually going to feel really vital. So as a teacher, it's really important to keep your nutrition on point, nutrient dense foods. So then you have the mental clarity and also just the resources on board to deal with the stress that's that's inevitably going to come in front of you. 
you know, mm. you're going to have some challenging periods, I'm sure. And if we don't have the resources, like we're already depleted, we're going to have less ability to deal with that mindfully. And we may even react and, and our sort of shadow aspects may come out a bit more. So mm. having that ability to have the nourishment on board so that we are able to breathe and, and deal with these things, I think is so important. Yeah. You mentioned before nutrients, dense food. As a child, I was always brought up, you know, the plate and the nutritional, I don't even know what you call it, but it sort of goes beyond that these days. Hey, what if you could describe what a nutrient dense meal would look like for you, I think that would be mm. really beneficial for our listeners out there. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a very big topic. and. Mm-hmm. You know, then we've got food pyramids and we've got, as you say, like these sorts of plates and we say how many serves of different foods we need a day. But mm. but there's, you know, there's a lot of vested interest in different corporations to get their foods on that food pyramid. So mm. what is most effective for me, my clients, what I've learned through a lot of investigation and study has been following what we call a primal pattern diet. So there's an evaluation you can do to determine how much animal products such as meats, organ meats, and just maybe even eggs, how much of that sort of protein fat from an animal source you need compared to plants, whether that's salads, veggies, maybe some sort of root vegetables as well. Mm. And that will vary day by day. But the easiest way to say it is if you have ancestry from somewhere where the grounds freeze during the winter, you're most probably going to be more uh, in need of those animal sources of food to sustain your energy for, you know, three, four or five hours. Whereas someone who has an ancestry from near the equator, such as like inland Aboriginals or Islanders and many other nations where it's a bit hotter, a bit more tropical, you're actually going to thrive pretty well off a less animal dense food sort of diet to and a more plants maybe more fruits and it's just finding that because when you find the right ratio you're going to have that clarity of mind you're going to be able to have sustained energy yeah we just get that ratio it could be a 50 50 could be you know just simple beef or chicken or lamb and getting that rotation is really important as well mm-hmm. with with your vegetables and rotating your vegetables there one night have sort of steamed vegetables next night maybe a salad the next night, maybe some potato. Yeah. And just listening to what works for you because everything is different. You know, I've had some people that really thrive off of red meat and game meat, whereas others really thrive off of white meat, chicken and fish. I always recommend going the nutrient-dense foods such as organ meats if you can, even just a little bit. There are supplements out there where they essentially freeze-dry little bits of organs into like little Mm. capsules just like a whole food supplement, you know, just that micro sort of dose is actually going to be really beneficial too. Yeah. I love how you mentioned organs there as well. Because when you mentioned organs to me, oh, it must have been three or four years ago now. I was like, organs? Oh, I'm no, I'm not touching that sort of thing. And then you just mentioned if you just grate it into something like a spaghetti bolognese, you yeah. won't even know it's there. And every mm-hmm. time we now make spaghetti bolognese, we get the liver out, we grate it up, we throw it in and it's just, it's so good. And it's really yeah. good for you as well. Mm. Oh, so good. Yeah. You notice the difference too. Um, That's actually a really good point that you said. Even if it's like 10 to 20%, you know, say you're making a bolognese and you've got your mints, which I recommend organic or grass fed, it's 
the highest quality you can. Yeah, having that 10, 20% of a bit of liver grated into it that you can barely taste it will, mm. um, will have a big benefit. And certain butchers actually make the mints with some liver sort of into it as well. So you don't even need to do that. Amazing. It, yeah. 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 So you don't even be- know. Yeah. You wouldn't even know that the liver or the organ is in there because it just no. comes straight from the butcher. How cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. My next question that a lot of my clients have coming to me is, and they're saying, Jason, I don't have the time to, you know, have a nutritious meal. What would be the best tip for you, for teachers out there, to make sure that they're still getting their nutrition meal? I recommend the slow cooker, always cooking up big meal, like a large amount of food for the evening and then having enough for lunch the next day and, and maybe even breakfast. That mm-hmm. way you're, you're getting your protein needs for those three meals. You only need to do one batch of preparation and it can be really easy. Like I'm not a kitchen guy at all. And when it's my turn, sometimes I just get, you know, a kilo of brisket. Like I actually did that last night. Put that in the slow cooker, a bit of water, put it on for eight, nine hours. You know, you can add some flavor as well, some herbs. And you're going to come home. You're going to have a beautiful meal just ready to go. Chuck your veggies in there in the morning as well. Or you can quickly steam them up in the evening. And mm. it's really easy. Like we can come up with excuses, but it's it can be really simple. Yeah, I recommend doing that, having plenty the next day for you. And you know, if you've got a partner for your partner to be able to go to work, bring it to work. Yeah, it's it's simple and it's effective. And that way as well, you don't need a lot of snacks. If we, mm. if we have enough protein and fat for our three meals a day, you shouldn't need too many snacks. So mm. then that way we can keep that nourishment easy. We, one night could be beef, brisket, as I said. Next night could be a whole chook. The next night could be like a lamb shoulder. You know, the next night we could do some sort of salmon, you know, or something in the slow cooker. And that way you're mm. rotating your foods. Um, keep it super simple, like just two veggies. Go one night cauliflower and carrot. Next night could be broccoli and potato. And, and it's super simple. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And just, yeah, keeping it simple. Um, as society, we try to overcomplicate things when it's, you know, cooking in the kitchen, you need all of these ingredients and it's, you know, just one slow cooker, bit of bone broth in there as well. And it's, you know, set and forget type thing. Yeah. I really yeah. love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's been awesome to chat with you today, Scott. Where could people find you if they want to know more information about what you do or just some health tips? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Horizons of Health and I've got mm-hmm. a Facebook page as well. I do have a website, Horizons of Health com.au um that's got a bit of information on there as well mostly my instagram is probably my easiest way to find me yeah amazing so what was that handle again horizons of health amazing so my very last question for you if you could finish off with 30 seconds of advice for our listeners out there you know your best piece of advice that you've ever gotten and you've held on to it you've latched onto it what would that be put your health first put yourself first and make it simple and consistent whether that's you know what we spoke about the movement just coming up with a five to ten minute routine you can do maybe three to four times a day you don't Mm -hmm. particularly need to get a gym membership and and push yourself you can if you want but making it simple so you can do it and as i said with the meals doing that putting your health first so then you can come to work show up at your 100 percent, give your best and grow rather than feeling or tired and, and you know getting up slowly and, and kind of you know dreading the day because maybe you're just really burnt out 
And I think that will just make such a big A to B sort of change as a, as a teacher. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you got value from this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could take 20 seconds out of your time and leave me a five-star rating and a written review. Remember, you have the power to make a lasting impact in the lives of your students. So until next time, keep inspiring, keep teaching, and keep reaching for greatness.